welcome back to the Bill Reese Teach Podcast. I am your host, Ms. Shanina. Thank you so much for joining in today. We are starting a new podcast series called Education After the Coronavirus. I'm so excited. We're going to have some very meaningful and powerful discussion. My first guest today, her name is Amalia Ferry. She's a school leader. She's going to have some powerful insight and information for us to think about. But we know the coronavirus has devastated our communities. Um, it has devastated the world. It has taken many, many lives. Here alone in Michigan, over 64,000 cases have been confirmed and over 5,000 people have lost their lives. And so we know that that's going to impact our education and communities, our teachers, our students, our parents. Um, they have been affected by this. So come fall, school is going to look different. CDC has already put out um, a list of guidelines for us to think about with students having to wear masks, six feet apart, reducing the capacity in the classroom, rotating schedules. And we know that it's going to um, impact the way our students interact and engage. With the challenges that we're already having as communities in this country, with many of our students, especially in urban community neighborhoods, are two, three grade levels behind. Um, teacher shortages, and on top of that, meeting the state demands of testing, it's already a very stressful and fragile situation. So we have to come in here with the right framework. I think it's time for us to refocus and rethink the way we see education in this country. As we see, turn on the TV, and we've seen these protests that have been going on for the last week and a half, we know that there's an urge of changing. There's an energy, a surge of what can we do different? How can we look at things different? How should we treat people? What should be put in place to help people move forward? And not just one group of people, all people. And so I'm encouraged. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to look at education after the coronavirus and really to look at things and define it in a different way. Um, our students are struggling. Our students need social emotional support. Our teachers need social emotional support. And the coronavirus know, um, came into these communities knowing that the impact is going to be great. And so the state of Michigan has already told us through the Senate committee there is going to be cuts. I mean, normally we get about $8,000 per year per student. However, that's going to be projected to be cut by 25%. And so we're looking at about $2,000 less. So that's going to impact maybe arts programs, perhaps additional resources that we would need. That's going to impact teacher salaries. And so with that cut, it's going to devastate certain communities. So right now, we're going to have to really pull all our resources together as a community, as teachers, staff, parents, stakeholders, business leaders, and uh, Michigan uh, Department of um, Michigan Department of um, Education, excuse me. We're going to have to all work together because we know right now if we don't affect change within ourselves and work together as a community, we're not going to be able to restore what is going on. So I just I I just um, really encourage you to join in on this conversation, share this conversation because we all have children, whether it's our nieces, our nephew, our own children. We know someone that have children that's going to be affected and impacted. Our kids have to feel that they will have the best opportunities. And so as we talk about this and grow together in this, I look forward to your feedback 
and what you think about how we can move forward as it relates to education after the coronavirus. We're going to be talking about education after the coronavirus, as we have discussed. There's been a lot going on, but with my guest today, I have a Mallory Ferry. Yay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. She is an educator. She is a school leader, and she's definitely going to be sharing her insight on what's going on. What is the, the energy and the pulse right now as school is winding down and as the young people are, you know, slowly finishing up their online learning, where are we going to go from here? So welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome yourself to the podcast, Miss Mallory. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to share and I appreciate this platform that you have provided to enlighten our community and to keep us as we continue to face today's events and, and how can we impact change for tomorrow. Wonderful. So tell me a little bit about how long you've been in education. Sure. I am approaching my 13th year in education, I have served as a um, support staff, as a teacher, as administration, um, and I am just excited because I have been able to service students who live in the city of Detroit throughout my entire career. Oh, excellent. Now, your background, you went to school in the city. Tell us a little bit about sure. that. Sure. I am um, born and raised on the west side of Detroit. Um, I attended the best school in the city, Catholic High School. For high school. <laughs> um, I went on to receive my bachelor's as well as my master's at Marygrove College. Um, and so, you know, I, I truly believe in our city. I truly believe in our community and being a pillar as far as being present um, and committed to our city. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for um, your commitment and just being close. A lot of people will teach and sometimes they go outside the city, but it's been wonderful that you've been taking your experience since childhood and you actually really working with the young people where they're at. So let's get right into the discussion on what's going on after the coronavirus. There's been so much, um, you know, I want to say trauma in the community, a lot going on with anxiety and feedback. So do you think, um, based on what you're, you know, you know, you're working with your leadership team, your teachers, do you think parents, students, and teachers are ready to return in the fall? What is your feedback on that? Yeah, so I, I definitely am reflecting on this time and, and the last three months. Um, and I would definitely say, if you ask me that question, I believe that the parents, the students, the teachers, we're all ready to go back. Um, I'm looking at mm -hmm. how we have truly realized that um, the school is one of the pillars of our community. And so, you know, yeah. we, we know its presence, but we never knew just how many resources and support come out of the school buildings. Um, and so I think students and parents, they're now seeing that value. Um, I think we have seen a decrease in the complaints and an increase in the appreciation. And I, I'm thankful for that um, because we are committed to the work that we're doing. I think for educators, um, and I, I definitely speak for myself and all of my, my colleagues, um, we miss the kids, you know, we miss our routine um, and being able to do what we do every day. So being a change agent within that brick and mortar um, and connecting with our community. So, you know, connecting 
you know, in the building with our, our students, connecting with one another, um, and even our families. I mm. think we're ready, um, but I think what limits yeah. our overall enthusiasm to get back would be the concerns that lie ahead. Right. You know, you're speaking about how sometimes when you're doing your day-to-day routine, you take, you know, you take advantage, you don't, you know, take for granted, I should say, of the day-to-day interaction. They mean so much. And now that we've all had to have a pause and step back, we all are starting to really appreciate that community relationships that we had. So that is so, um, that's wonderful that your families and many of our community families in education are really starting to realize the value that education plays in families every day. What do you think some of the concerns are as it relates to returning um, back to school? Absolutely. So uh, I would say definitely um, both parents, you know, as well as our staff, we're all concerned about safety. Um, We're we're thinking about Mm -hmm. that umbrella of safety, if you will, as we approach the fall um, and adapting to the idea of another sense of virtual learning. And so... Um, whether that means that we're 100% virtual, uh, whether that means we're blended, so meaning we have some face time and some virtual time, um, and even the idea of going back 100% face-to-face in the brick and mortar, uh, safety comes first. And so what does mm-hmm. that look like? Um, what does the school promise to ensure the safety of our students and our staff? Um, what do we do in terms of ensuring students are even safe if they are home? Um, Meaning many of our parents are essential workers um, and they don't have the flexibility to be able to be at home with their children during the day. And so we think about the safety as far as being supervised when they're not in our care during the school day. And so those things come to mind. Um, In addition to safety, we, we think about ensuring that all students um, have an equitable opportunity for being educated, so being supplied with the necessities of virtual learning, being able to access a device to get online, having internet access, as well as supplies, the right. pencil and paper. Um, again, the things that mm-hmm. I believe our society has taken for granted, and I'm excited as a, a passionate educator that now we see um, the school is just one pillar, um, you know, of many, mm-hmm. but we, we definitely support our communities at a great level. And so I think those are the things Absolutely. we're thinking about. Um, but the good news is, although there are many concerns, um, many districts across our nation have already began strategizing how to close the gap of those concerns, how we address them, um, right. meeting consistently talking about what we're going to do when we return to the building um, and assuring our parents that we have plans to ensure that their child is safe and that their education will continue. So, um, you know, I'm I'm a glass half full type of leader and I believe you have to look at it and say, okay, this is what we're concerned about, but this is where we're going to go and address those and be solution oriented. Absolutely. And the fact that you all are having those meaningful discussions definitely will bring about a secure community where people feel confident and comfortable to move forward. Because unfortunately, uh, we have to we have to think about this disease 
could hurt someone, unfortunately. However, we have to move forward with the agenda of educating those students that are in need of the education, um, like you said, pillars. Tell me about, you know, being in education, and I know for me, I can speak to my own personal experience as being a mm -hmm. dean. This year felt so heavy with so many things going on. There was a teacher shortage in my building. The kids seem a little off and really all over the place with behaviors. And so when the pause came, you know, it was a lot of stress going on between testing and wonderful, you know, uh, all these different interactions going on with project management. Um, do you think it's an opportunity right now for the educational system to like refocus and rethink something? What is your feedback on that? Absolutely. So, you know, we came to an abrupt pause um, this school year. And, and although many districts still provided some type of interaction, be it a virtual learning plan, and um, you had to put something in place for our governor's orders. Um, and I, I appreciate that because that doesn't, you know, just because we had COVID occur, it didn't mean that our work stopped. Um, and so we all began that work, but then we also began to open up the conversation for really um, focusing in on, okay, what have we been missing? Because now that there is mm. a call to action for us to rethink and refocus, as you just said, education, what, what do we need to focus on narrowing it so that we have greater gains? And I, I think of three things that come to mind. Uh, the first and foremost, priority would be the social and emotional needs of our children. This time, mm -hmm. if it hasn't taught any of us anything else, it's taught us that uh, mental, physical, emotional health is it's number one. Um, we can't teach you. Right. We can't help you. We can't, you know, foster relationships with you if we don't address your social and emotional needs. And so that is Absolutely. number one. I believe that we have to increase our support that we provide our children in the buildings as well as our families um, and even our staff. Um, districts need to open up the concept and the, the idea of having healthcare professionals to tap into their own uh, staff. And so that may mean they are able to attend, you know, a televisit with a healthcare professional during mm -hmm. the day. They may struggle with anxiety right. as we approach the fall um, that they didn't know they had until they go back into the brick and mortar. And so um, that's number one. How are we going to address the social and emotional well-being of our students, our families, and our staff? Another thing yes. that comes to mind and another, uh, I guess, refocus uh, is keeping, um, you know, beginning with the end in mind. One of my mentors, mm -hmm. he, he says that often, quoting Stephen Covey, you have to begin with the end in mind. And so as we look at our instructional practice and we look at what do we need to focus on during instructional time, we have to narrow it to say, right. hey, these standards, these concepts, these skills are going to give our students the greatest gain. And it really will impact right. their trajectory as they move forward beyond just this time. Um, and finally, we need to look at our greater community and how can we access our greater community um, and ensure that they're also helping and supporting our students. Um, and so that means continuing to build community stakeholder relationships um, and, and asking for our fellow organizations to work with us and to help provide students with the necessities so that we can continue to educate them. 
Absolutely. Well, you made some powerful points because I think, you know, we're going to get back to the business of educating because that's what we do. But I think the social, emotional and really focusing on where the kids need to at and building off that and working with our community is going to be um, the best ticket for us to rebuild. So thank you so much for your insight on that, because a lot of times we just want to get back to business when kids and parents and students and teachers return. It's not going to be back to business. There is going to be some anxiety and some things that we need to think about. So the fact that we need to have these conversations with our community is going to be powerful as it relates to getting those students back to where we need them to go. I want to ask you this as we're, um, you know, just winding on our call here. And thanks again so much for calling in and talking on the podcast. What lessons have uh, the coronavirus taught you as a leader, as a parent, as a, a sister? What has this time really taught you? Um, well, I, I, I've leaned not just from my practice. I look around and I see what my fellow educators are doing. Um, you know, I, I look at how courageous they've been during this time to not shut down, but to actually step up to the call to continue to educate uh -huh. students in a way that we have never done before, um, you know, and to right. be able to adapt so quickly. Um, that has been something for me that has recharged my passion for what I do. And so I've wow. learned that. I've also learned that we as a community within the city of Detroit um, have banded together and been able to service the needs of, mm -hmm. of our families and our, our um, community at large. And this is something that we should continue to do. Absolutely. And I also have looked at our children and their resilience um, because many have suffered uh, loss, confusion, Mm -hmm. As I said earlier, social and emotional breakdowns, but yet they continue mm -hmm. to look forward to the fall. Um, and I have an opportunity to interact with my students weekly uh, because I haven't checked out. I, I go in and I attend their virtual meetings with the teachers and um, I speak with the parents on the phone and I just continue to stay connected. And they are so thankful that we are not just focused on simply the book, but we're focused on right continuing the relationship and being change agents so I, I just learned the resilience of people and the impact that relational capacity could have during this time yeah and you know relationship human connection is powerful it does transcend any issue any problem anything that people suffer with if they have that human connection someone that believes in them in spite of all the trauma they may be feeling in their world it really does make a difference on where that young person is going to go so I just want to thank you for your contribution to the world that you are serving at being an educator for anybody listening to this podcast. No, it is not for the week. <laughs> you have to have a, not at all. You have to have a strong mind ability to just really push through some of the, the barriers that are in our way. So um, thank you so much for coming on to the call and thank you for your commitment to your community. And I look forward to hearing more about what we're going to be doing. And um, I love you as my sister. And I know your families and your community is very thankful for you. I appreciate you, Shanina. Keep doing a great work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast, Education After the Coronavirus. Again, I want to thank my special guest, Mallory Ferry. She did an excellent job just really discussing 
this topic as we try to move forward. Thank you for joining in. I look forward to your feedback and definitely share this podcast with any educator, parent, student, staff member. We, it takes a community for us to change things. And so as things are going on right now in our country, we realize that we can be a better version of ourselves, a better version of the country that we live in. This is a great time to really shift in and refocus positive change. So let's do that together. Until next time, have a wonderful, wonderful day.